Thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. For early and ad-free access to Sunranto, please become a subscriber at patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto, where you'll have access to not only this show early and ad-free, but also our daily Cubs pod, which lets you know what happened in the Cubs game and all the Cubs news that's fit to print on a daily basis. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Don't make me tell you again. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Sun Ranto Show's uh, Seth Kennedy Marathon Podcast. We're going four hours tonight. We didn't talk about anything I wanted to in the first segment, and we went 23 minutes uh, over. <laughs> so we I know we're concerned we wouldn't be able to fill four hours. Yeah. If you were not- wondering, Dylan Thomas, do not go gentle into that good night. That's uh, everyone knows that poem. They don't know it's Dylan Thomas. That's what I'm talking about. Two first names. It's almost necessary <laughs> yes. for a poet. So uh, I did want to let's let's bring it down, Dil- Dylan Thomas. Let's uh, bring it as, down. Yeah, let's bring it down. <laughs> as long as we're talking about poetry, I I would be remiss if I did not say that we lost a great Cubs fan this oh, week. Oh yeah, in Dorothy. Um, I mean Dorothy Farrell was just. The great. If you didn't see her on the seventh inning stretch, you weren't watching the Cubs game. And I'll just read from her obituary, obituary real quick. Um, Dorothy Farrell Nee Gules passed away peacefully on October 28, 2023. Dorothy was the beloved wife of the late William for 53 years. She was preceded in death by her four brothers, uh, loving mother and all the people in her family. Dorothy enjoyed spending time with family and friends, music, dancing, the American Legion, and spending time at Wrigley Field. In lieu of flowers, the family asked that any charitable donations be made to Cubs charities. I mean, what an awesome woman. I had a chance of hanging out with her. She she stuck her tongue in my ear on this occasion. <laughs> um, and, and she just was a wild woman. She liked drinking her Jaeger shots. And, um, yeah, she liked to party, man. And um, – she was fun. Uh, she'd give you big sloppy kisses and stuff. And um, she's always had a song in her heart. There she is, her and I singing together um, at Club 400, one of the events there. And um, during 2020, she had moved into an assisted living care place. And it was her birthday. Uh, I guess it was probably uh, around this time of year. It looks like we're all wearing masks and social distancing. And um, so it was 2020, but we all showed up to, at her socially distanced birthday party. And you see, that's our friend Jimmy on some stilts. He works I, at Wrigley Field. I was and, just going to ask, who's the tall guy? Yeah, that's Jimmy. And so we all showed up and we sang happy birthday and we ate some cake and just we all drove by and we waved to her. And um, just I had gr- just great memories of her. So RIP Dorothy. And, um, you know, our love to your family and to, we'll miss you. I mean, you know, that's that's one of the all-time greats right there. And she'll always be, I, I think, I mean, Ken Rosenthal, didn't he interview her mm-hmm. during 2016? So she's always going to be a part of all those broadcasts. Mm-hmm. And so she, she did it right as far as uh, being an enshrined Cubs fan goes. Um, we should all do a shot of Jaeger in her honor. 
Yeah, we absolutely. I don't think I have any Jaegers. Otherwise, I'd do <laughs> no, that. No, most, most good upstanding people don't just have Jaeger sitting in their house. But, but I figure it would be a good time <laughs> to, to talk about that because right now, it, uh, Seth should be at his sixth mile, somewhere around there, right yes. at the entrance to Greenwood Cemetery, which is a giant old cemetery in Brooklyn that I've actually visited. Um, and I took a tour of it. In fact, um, John Michelle Basquiat is buried there. Uh, Leonard Bernstein is buried there. Uh, boss Tweed, if you've ever heard of him, he was like a famous New York boss. And then there's a lot of other famous New Yorkers that have grave sites. It was also because it is uh, built on a giant hill. It is a heights. And it that hill figured greatly in the Revolutionary War as well. So there there was uh, some battles that were fought in that cemetery um, uh, against the British. So interesting place. If you're ever in Brooklyn or, or interested in cemeteries, I know that you see me doing my weather and grave reports from Ernie Banks's grave all the time. That's real close to Wrigley Field. Go in there too uh, at some point, you know, because it's graves have interesting stories to tell. Um, Cub fan burial wall is in Chicago. A lot of cool stuff. To, I rode my bike around there just the other day. So um, we didn't talk about anything I want to talk about as far as the entire um, the, the major leagues, like how this season went. So I, if we could just really quick, yeah. Just, and now that you've had a couple, uh, well, a month now to digest the Cubs season. Um, oh, Cubs grades. No, we this. I do not want to cut into our Cubs grade show. It, we can't. We can't repeat ourselves. So if we, if just stick away from any Cubs grades content. Don't give any grades. But how do you feel overall? Uh, the Cubs season went. I have G. Like, what, what's your feeling like? Just coming out of after a month. If you're um, tasting your mouth. Um, I'm overall pretty disappointed. I. I don't think that's a huge surprise to anybody to hear. Um, but yeah, somehow I'm still disappointed, even though it kind of went exactly how I expected it to go. Um, one of those situations where I would rather have been wrong. Um, but yeah, no, they, they didn't give the prospects a chance to prove anything. They didn't make the right decisions at the right times. They lost the game they lost the season so early on that like there was never really the, the option to get excited about the season um i don't know it's i'm very meh and i would really rather not be meh next year yeah yeah <laughs> but, how about you cotton like do, do, do you have any different feelings than that like well un, uh, unlike uh ifg the season did not go the way i thought it would go I was the everyone who if anybody goes back and remembers the preseason show, the Rancher mm -hmm. Roundtable and everybody's I mean, we were hearing some crazy shit, right? Like we were hearing yeah. like 89, 90 wins, 92 from people, 88 got thrown out there a few times. Like I said 72 wins. So they did much better than I thought they would do now. I, I can actually point to when that happened, and it was the trade deadline when they decided not to sell because had they sold, which is exactly what I thought would happen, I think that my prediction would have been correct, but they yeah. did not sell, 
And then, unfortunately, they did not really buy either. But at least they didn't sell, and they were able to hit that, uh, you know, what they get, 84 wins, 83 wins. Um, no, they did not get 84 wins. It was 83 wins. If 84 yeah. wins was in the World Series. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately. So they got 83 wins. Um, yeah, and I think I, if I recall correctly, I had said uh, if they get 80 wins, I'll be terribly surprised. So, you know, woo! So overall, <laughs> I it was... Hooray. It, it's hard. Like, if if you're not watching every day, like we unfortunately do, uh, it looks like a very successful season, right? And I just talked to a guy the other day, talked about how fun it was to watch them at the end of the season and stuff. And and I have to agree, it was fairly fun. They were they had a nice long stretch there where they were actually doing fairly well. Uh, unfortunately, it's a systemic problem. And right. it's not on the field. The problem's not on the field. The problem's not in the clubhouse, and it's not in the minor leagues, I don't even think. Like, I I just feel like the system that they have there from the front office down to their manager isn't the best that it could be. And I, and I think that until that changes, it is a little tough for me to get super excited. So well, I, I was me, excited about the team, like the players I saw this year. I think I got real excited about, right? Like I had absolutely. a lot of fun watching them, but then just to have that like front office and management, just like, I don't know, smacking me down every time I get excited. Well, Let me piggyback off it because like when I'm watch, watching the diamondbacks, I'm thinking, like, why not us? Like, why couldn't we be the 84-win team that had a magical run and got hot at the right time and go through? And the reason is because of exactly what you just said, is that they didn't do the right things. And that means that you can't look at management and be like, man, these guys are making all the right moves. They're building something here that's really going to be something in a couple years. You didn't see really No, you had a manager who was saying out loud with his whole chest, no, no. We're going to play the guys that got us here when here is scraping and clawing our way to 83 wins. When it didn't have to be that. Like, we didn't have to lose 20 games in freaking April or whatever it was. They didn't like, have to but, lose five of the last six. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, they totally folded down the stretch because they just didn't have enough. There was no depth. And and anybody that they could reach down into the minors and get didn't really have a lot of experience because they hadn't been giving them the experience all year. So when I look at the value that maybe that came with a team like the Reds, like they, those guys got a full season out there figuring it out, and our guys just didn't. They. You know, and because they were wasting time with uh, your Mancinis and your Hosmers and your Barnhart's and stuff. Like, even Amaya, who was obviously, like, the injuries were a concern, but he was obviously ready to play. They were just really conservative about everything. So, at what point – and so they didn't get that experience. They were triple-A – I mean, Iowa probably – I don't know. Did they win the triple-A World Series with all their amazing players? Like Matt Mervis, I don't even know what they did. I don't think they did. Somebody in the chat, if you know what Iowa did in the 
the playoffs there, uh, let us know. But I do not think that they had the pitching. I don't think right. that they had enough pitching down there to do it because it seemed like everyone who was at Iowa seemed to be hitting like 300. <laughs> yeah, and R- Robert says, yeah, we didn't have Zach Gallon either. I mean, we we had Stroh, but then we didn't have Stroh. So Stroh was pitching great. We had Steele, who was pitching a- ahead of where anybody thought he was going to pitch a big, big game of the year. But even that didn't fall apart at the end, but it was not what it had been um, before he got blown up a couple times at the end, lost his Cy Young bid. Um, so, yeah, I think the most frustrating thing for me is that we didn't trade Bellinger and we didn't. And if you weren't going to win, then you should have sold and you didn't, you bought, but not that much. Like, are we really going to think that? I mean, I hope Jose Quas is freaking amazing. Like if that's who you're adding to your bullpen's future and you think he's going to be a tool down the line, like I'm hoping that happens. I didn't see evidence of it. Right. He's, I, he, he, is he might a, be great. He's a right. decent enough bullpen arm but you need sure. more than that but what the arizona diamondbacks did was they f- fleeced the mariners for paul seawald yeah yeah got the sea monster bullpen and that was a little different and that didn't go necessarily the way we thought it was going to go either because I... the cubs had been really good at getting bullpen arms to trade off and then they didn't do it yeah so, well, we should probably get into the 40, man, because we're already an hour four in. And so we're already behind. I know that nobody's surprised about that. Oh, um, it, you know, if I you, were running a marathon, I would be behind. I will tell you that. <laughs> exactly. This is for when I run the marathon. So we're going seven hours tonight. How long does it take to walk it? I don't know. 26 um, miles? I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, walk so- 26. So, so you're about if you like walk nine, fast, ten miles an hour. Yeah, if you walk fast, right? Uh, you can walk like fifteen minute miles. So fifteen times twenty—that's a long time. That's still a long time. Yeah, nobody's nobody's recording a podcast that long. So um, let's—I just let's go alphabetically. Um, so <laughs> that's—I think that's the best way to do it. Let's do no favoritism. We won't get stuck on anybody too long. I'm gonna put up. It, the the numbers and then everybody at home i want you to guess because people on the show like ifg and michael they can see um who this is in our in what we're using to to bring it to you so So i would like you to guess who this is in the in the chat and who is first oh i know i know so this player was drafted by the yankees in 2019 he played uh uh a couple of different teams for the Yankees. The Cubs got him in 2021. Uh, So Mm -hmm. in a trade, in a trade. Yeah. The Yankees traded him to the Cubs in 2021. Then he played with Myrtle beach in 2022. And this year he played Tennessee South bend and I don't know. It just says, "Oh, the Arizona Arizona Fall League." Yeah, yeah, Fall League. And he's he's there right now. Actually, Sarah might be seeing him this weekend. He mm-hmm. uh, he's batting right now. He's got an eight eighty OPS with five home runs in seventeen games. I do appreciate the fact that the Cubs seem to be trying to collect all of the players with this last name because I'm just waiting for the pitcher. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, oh, see, then apparently, IFG, you know who this is. 
Who, who I is believe it? I do. It's the Kevin Alcantara. Yeah, and the first one in the chat with it was John Pincus. So, except for John, John Pincus, cannot spell. Alantra, Alantra, and (laughs) Daryl also had it as Alcantar. So (laughs) basically, people just character in a Harry Potter book. Yeah, no, I thought thought Alcantar was uh, he was a guy, right? Alcantar, he played for somebody. Alcantar, that's what Ron Ron Santa would have called him. (laughs) Um, yeah, wasn't it Alfonseca that Santa thought his name was Al? Fonseca. Yes. He's like, what's going on, Al? And he's interviewed him when he's interviewing. So, yeah, let's talk about Kevin Alcantara. This is one of those young guys that we got, I believe, in the Rizzo trade. Mm-hmm. And um, he's only 20 years old. Um, so he's one of the younger of the bunch. He can't drink yet, so that's good. He's not out there wasted. We're sure of that. And um, he's – I mean, look, his AAA, or actually he didn't do AAA last year, but between the high A, double A, and rookie league, he slashed 284, 345, 466 for a 810 OPS. That's not too shabby. Um, he, had a, he had a nice time of it. He's an outfielder. I don't think they think he's ready, but he's certainly having a pretty darn good minor league career so far. Um, I don't know. Just judging by how the Cubs have been doing it, we don't see him till 2026. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not until he's 25 will we take a shot. You know what? Well, that's perfect timing. It's at service time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's absolutely perfect timing if we can sign Bellinger for the next uh, three years. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, I know, like Bellinger's going to take a three-year That's deal. about when Suzuki is up, so. Yeah, but, I mean, but this guy, he's already at double A, you know, at the very least. You'd think that we could maybe start seeing somebody like him next mm-hmm. year, but it is a crowded outfield. Ian Happ, no trade clause. Seiya Suzuki, no trade clause. We don't, We need Seiya anyway. I mean, we've locked in the outfield, so it really does feel like if we're going to trade, it's going to be from this glut of outfielders. It's quite yeah. possible we never see Kevin Alcantara play at Wrigley Field unless it's in somebody else's uniform. Okay, let's start taking uh, – this will be the last bit of all these. Thumbs up, thumbs down. About Kevin Alcantara? No idea. Yeah, Thumbs up or thumbs down, it's Kevin It's a little Alcantara. too close to Cubs grades for my liking. We got a whole <laughs> Cubs grade show to do at some point this week. But winter. we're not doing Cubs grades on the 40, man. So I think it fits. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm okay. going What thumbs What does up. thumbs right. up mean? It means thumbs we up like him. Good. Oh, okay. Just like him, not do we think the Cubs are going to keep him or trade him. No, no, no. We okay. like, I like Kevin, Kevin Alcantara. Okay. Yeah. I have high hopes for him because he hasn't done anything to piss me off yet. All right. Well, that took way too long. There's no way we're getting through this unless we right. start rolling through these. Come on, Danny. Uh, Miguel what's, Amaya. What's number two? All right. Here we go. I'm not going to let people guess who's next because they're just looking up. Miguel Amaya, he's been a Cub technically since he was 17 years old back in 2016. Um, he has – had a lot of injury history. He really got his first shot this year. Only played in 53 games, uh, slash 214, 329, 359. 
kind of was more Gomes backup than the other way around. And then, of course, Barnhart, unfortunately, took starts. And um, Well, he, he felt like he was Barnhart's backup. That's the problem. Yeah, so it wasn't – I mean, maybe they're being cautious with him. But, I mean, Amaya – We've been waiting for this guy forever, but did you like what you see? What you saw? Big I like fan. what I, I I have so many baseball cards. Like I I want to see more of him and less of Tucker Barnhart. Well, you're not gonna see any Tucker Barnhart because he's already, already got rid I of him. See, I wanna see zero of whoever Jed thinks he needs to buy in order to replace Tucker Barnhart. One yeah. stat I wanna point out about about Miguel here is that he had 11 hit by pitches and that's like almost 10% of his plate appearances. Just about. <laughs> I mean, not exactly. quite that much, but it was a lot, you know, and um, 12 walks to go with that. Like the OBP was kind of there three twenty nine, and some of it was getting nailed like Wilson used to. Right. So, so yeah, know, that's crown the plate or what? I don't hate it. I, I mean, I hate, I, I hate that we're like hurting my poor glass catcher, but yeah, oh. <laughs> last guy we need hurt again. I don't think. I mean, how many times did he really get hurt? He got hurt once, right? I think they hit him no, in the twice. hand, which was annoying. You got no. He oh, you mean last year? No, I'm saying throughout his minor leagues, he had a foot thing, then he had a hand thing, or yeah. he had multiple things that sidelined or sidetracked his career for a while. Yeah, I. Well, I like Amaya. Putting a Tommy John, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Tommy John. Yes, right. That's what it was. Yep. I feel like uh, for him, the reason it really hindered him this year that two fourteen average. You said the OBP was good. That tells you that he's got the good eye. Uh, The average says that he honestly probably just never got in a groove. Like they just didn't give yeah. him the opportunity And the big talk about his injury prone thing always frustrated me because I don't, I've never understood why it's better to have him getting hurt in Des Moines rather than in Chicago. Like let him let the people play in Chicago. If they get hurt there. Okay. It but was if they get hurt in Des Moines. What does yeah. that freaking do for you? And he's no more injury prone than anyone else. Like, he, he got a broken foot. Like, that's a weird thing that just, like, yeah. that's not. Yeah, that's, that's not, not something that's you're. That's not wear and tear injury. That's a freak accident. Yeah. Well, you know? I, I, I don't know. He, he really does have a lot of freak accidents. I have a file photo of him here. Oh, um, back in, <laughs> this is the, in his minor league career. He's I thought just, that was Brett Anderson at first. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's Brett Anderson. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the human wheelchair. Or, what did they call him? The human? The human they, wheelchair. That's yeah. what they called him. <laughs> was that what it really was? Yeah. Oh, man, so rude. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a big thumbs, thumbs up. Thumbs up for yeah. For Amaya. Do you want him as your starter next year? I want him as a starter. Gomes as his backup. Fully. Yes. We're all in agreement. Okay. And we'll get to Gomes, but you know, I, I, I'll go to this, this way. I think they should split time. I think it should be pretty even Steven uh, until further notice. It should be like, like, like 51 49. Yeah. But I would like to to see a lot more Amaya. Yeah. Yeah. I would maybe go 64. 
forty versus fifty one forty nine, but I'm I'm with you. I'm not I'm not against that. I just want him to get at least one more start than at catcher than Gomes. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. So thumbs up on him. Uh Adbert Alzali, who ended the season on the IL, unfortunately. Um and but so, you know, was a starter. Been with the Cubs a while now. Like, uh, he's now 28, will be 29. It really had his best season once they made him the closer. Mm-hmm. Um, more than a strikeout an inning. The walks were pretty good. Um, you know. You know, looking back. It's all on- pretty good. I wouldn't mind somebody else, though. Yeah, looking back on Alzali's career, though, it's amazing that we they kind of didn't get to this faster. Now, I will say I didn't realize. I kind of wanted him to be a starter. But he had one good start, and then he was kind of up and down. And then it, he really seemed to be at his best when he was coming in in a piggyback role or as a reliever, you know, and – it's funny that it took this long for them for any of us to really get to the point where like, yeah, he's not only a reliever, but maybe he's the guy that can, you know, lock down that ninth inning. You know, for my entire life, I will never forget when he first came up little, little baby advert coming up with his fuzzy hair and he would go out and throw and then come back to the dugout and pull out his little notebook and write down all of his little notes from everything that he did and who he was facing and how it all went. And you just saw him, like, the camera would focus on him in there, and he's just writing everything down. Like, I can't forget any of this. I need to study this and learn more. And that, if that is not, like, psycho-closer material, I don't know what is. I agree. And it, it there's one thing that was a drawback and Terry brings it up in the chat here is that Adbert had a lot of trouble getting out lefties when he was in the rotation. And that might be part of why I don't totally trust the closer thing just because, I mean, there's a lot of tough lefties out there. I mean, you're up there in the NLCS against Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber and you, you have trouble getting lefties out. Like, unfortunately, we'll probably see Mark Leiter Jr. in that situation instead. Now, was was that still a thing (laughs) this year? Because I don't have the stats up. I don't know if that was still a thing this year. It might have been, or it might have been that, uh, you know, they were trying not to put him out there against lefties, too. So I'm I'm not sure. Uh, That kind of thing doesn't worry me quite that much. Um, IFG... Uh, your little story reminded me of his first start. He went out there and he had a great first start. Yeah, I think he, he went five innings and they take him out of the game and Wrigley is going nuts because it's like the first like real guy that they've seen get brought up. Everybody's cheering and he goes back up to the top <laughs> step and he, he yeah. tips his hat it was so and cute. Everyone gave him shit in the dugout, which I thought was hilarious. They're like, this dude came out here and pitched five innings and he's tipping his head. Like, he was thanking the crowd. I thought it was <laughs> I just thought that was it was so funny because afterwards, like you just saw some guys just like freaking rookies, like they're tipping their heads. I, after. I, 
I remember Rizzo having a good laugh about that. We, yeah. That was when uh, we, me and Luis and Michael were doing Outside the Ivy, and uh, I remember we we opened the show by tipping our hats because we, we all thought it was ridiculous. It, yeah, was, and- it, it really was, but that's one of those things that is like it's forgivable in a kid that young when he did it, yeah. you yeah. know, and he's just getting out there. Just I'm going to put up his splits here. Uh, versus righties and lefties. Uh, actually, pretty good. Uh, this is just this year, so it's a smaller yeah. sample size. Terry E says, I think Adbert has figured the lefty thing out. Question is endurance. Well, if you're a closer, I guess what you don't need a whole lot of. Yeah. They, well, and well, maybe endurance over, like, if the Cubs are to win a bunch of games in a row down the stretch and they need a closer a bunch of times. But you could just use another arm. Like, did they find a diamond in the rough with Merriweather? I don't know. It was one year. Like, it was the first time he ever got a chance. Like, did he become everyone an elite? Could, All of them. Yeah. Everyone in the bullpen who could pitch had an endurance problem this year. That makes me think maybe it's not the players who had the endurance problem. It was well, how they, they were being used. Well, and they did get rid of two bullpen coaches. Chris Young is gone, as is um, uh, Craig Driver. Yeah, so but I mean, I'm just saying, maybe were that's the bullpen what it's about. coaches uh, running the same four guys out there every single day. No, no, that was Grandpa Lossy. Yeah, but, and so I think maybe the endurance issue was in the in the actual dugout. Maybe it was not in so much in the David bullpen. Ross's brain. Yeah. <laughs> so All right, should, here we go. All right, yeah. So we we should as move on a closer line. as a closer. Oh, okay. I got as it. a closer, thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm going thumbs I'm, no, up. You said we could go like this. You could. Okay, so Danny's in the middle. Danny's got the flat hand. Yeah. Okay. I would. I'd like one more guy. I would like if they went out and got a real elite closer, maybe not before the season starts, but they're looking good. And it's like a Rondoni situation. And like, you know, Alzali just, you kind of trust it, but it's really, you don't totally trust it. And you just go get that guy. Like, you know, I hate to say it, but like they went and got Chapman, you know, right. uh, in 2016. And I'm fine if they don't get Chapman, but if you know, someone you else, could, go, bring Kimbrell back, bring Kimbrell back, let him do it. He's fine. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, who is who do you want then? All right, all right. So, so Danny, it, it, it actually sounds like you don't think that he has the what it's going to take to be that I, closer. I actually do think he has it, but for whatever reason, I view him like a little kid, even though he's old now, and like something something about him like makes me feel like he's not as imposing as maybe some of those other characters have been in the past. Like part of it is he doesn't throw as hard. He yeah. just – he's not dialing it past 100, so he's got to have stuff. And he does he have this wipeout pitch? I don't know that he does. And so that's why I could see, like, him being very effective against certain batters, but maybe not like somebody that you could just be like, and here the lights dim and we have, we play the rock and roll and, you know, I want Jamie, that. the question was thumbs up or thumbs down. This we one. are – with this this <laughs> – this show is going to be 27 hours long. <laughs> okay with me. Damn question. It's Thursday. I got the afternoon off. Um, all right. So, all right. I'm going to delete his thing so we stop talking about him. Um, all right. Uh, Javier Assad. Big fan. Ooh, I like, I liked Assad uh, early in the year. 
I was really high on him. I thought he should have broken with the team instead of Smiley. Smiley uh, proved me wrong for the first, you know, two months of the season. Really kind of stuck it to me because we were doing the Cubs pods. And I swear to God, I had to do a Cubs pod every single win that Smiley had just to rub it in. But I did like Assad better than Smiley early. And I think ultimately that did play out, but I don't, I don't know that I actually really saw something better than Smiley. I just, that's the guy that I liked. This is an example of a, of a dude that the Cubs just don't seem in on, but they had to use anyway because they were shorthanded ultimately. And Maybe he's done enough to prove himself. I mean, 305 ERA, 109 innings pitched. Like, are you going to stretch that out next year? And that's about 14.2 innings at Iowa, too, um, in, included or not included in that, um, in addition to that. So, I mean, once again, it's not the wipeout stuff. It's not like the most elite pitcher in the world, but the dude knows what he's doing. And, it's been effective, and until further notice, it kind of has been better than – I mean, for the back-end depth, you'll take it. So I agree with you. I think that especially in the idea that he could be a starter, they were absolutely not in on because even when he came up, they refused to take Smiley when he, he had clearly was done, and they refused to take him out of that starter role and – Assad was getting the long reliever piggyback sort of thing going on. So I agree with you. I think they didn't really know what they had. They just kept trying to fit him into that reliever role, but he seemed to thrive in the starter role, you know, but I'm, but I wouldn't be against having maybe another three or four inning guy. You know, that you would pair him up with for starts versus, you know, thinking he's going to go out there. But then again, toward the end of the year, he was he was throwing like six and seven innings of good baseball. So, yeah, that's mm. it's, it is a tough one because the the contact rate on him is pretty high, I think. But nobody just. Nobody can really hit the ball well against him. Yeah, well, that's how the Cubs are built. Mike Wallace says he has weird numbers. He kind of should get hammered, but he doesn't. Mike will be by a little bit later in the show. Um, he's going to hang out with us from the yeah, Cubs those, PS So Plus that's podcast. what I was talking about, like the weird numbers. Like he's, but Danny, like you said, he he knows what he's doing. Like he seems very calm and collected out there. Like I, I love everything about Assad. I'm. I'm just a little bit worried that I'm looking at him through cub-colored glasses and I'm not maybe seeing something. You Where know? are you, IFG, on Assad? Where does he I belong? I have no, like, sophisticated opinions, but I look at him throw baseballs and I like it. <laughs> um. <laughs> See, exactly. I, IFG, that's exactly you, – you said it perfectly. That's how I feel about it too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can see him be in depth. I, so I, I, we need more. 
then if if we're going out there with Javier Assad as your starting number four pitcher, three pitcher, I we the Cubs that means the Cubs didn't do enough. Yes. So um all right, let's get to because he's still technically a cub, Cody Bellinger. Hell oh, of a hold year on. For Assad. Thumbs up. Up. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, Assad. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm I'm with it. I'm an Assad fan. All right. As a, as a we John, love this team so far. John really Pinkus said, uh, yeah, we haven't gotten anybody we don't like yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> John Pinkus uh, says, I like our pudgy glasses, bro. Yeah. So Corey Furlog also gives a thumbs up to love Javier Scott. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so far so good. We like our team. Um, mm-hmm. And now here's somebody that we might not like next year because he's on a different team. But Cody Bellinger, a career 258 hitter, brought that average up by hitting 307 this year. Um, 356 OBP, 525 slug, 881 OPS. Um, just a great year. Returned to, I wouldn't say his uh, MVP form, but pretty well, closer to that. He didn't have hit as many home runs, but he also hit 47 home runs in that Super Bowl year. Right. Yeah, exactly. That 2019 Super Bowl year is when he won his MVP. Uh, but that was also the only other year that he hit over 300. Uh, this season, batting average, which I know is a is a hated statistic anymore, but it's his highest batting average he's ever had, even more so than his uh, MVP year. The OBP was off from the MVP year, and the slugging was off. So obviously, overall, not quite as good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I really liked what I saw. I honestly didn't – I I was negative on him coming in. I didn't think he was going to bounce back like he did. Yeah, and Corey would like to remind us that I remember when we got Cody, we all said he was the new Hayward. Fair. We did say that, and we were we incorrect because they took a chance. And let's face it, there's nothing that the Cubs could have seen – in Cody Bellinger, except for just to take a chance on a guy that had won the MVP, was the rookie of the year. And he he took his chance and he went with it. And the Cubs got freaking lucky. And what they should regret about the situation is that they did not trade his ass if they're not going to resign him. So true. So we could have gotten something. Um, and yeah, we could have gotten something and, and he could have gone somewhere and maybe won a World Series like uh, what was the other dude? Um, Jack Peterson. The, Jack Peterson did. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Bellinger. I mean, he's not on the team, so we're not talking about that much. But I would like him back, and I would like that kind it, of. So I think it would be very silly not to get him back. Let's thumbs. thumbs. I thumb. I thumbs him up. Um, why don't we bring? Let's take a break from the uh, the forty man and bring in a couple of friends, friends Yay. that are fans of teams from the. National League East. Um, but first, we are going to take just a quick commercial break. Hold and, on. Uh, Before we hit the break, then I got to let you know Jason Hayward this season, because uh, Corey brought that up. I want to look at his stats 269, 340, 473, 813 OPS. He, he was 117 on the OPS plus. He had a great year. Now, he only. Uh, that's only 334 at bats, 
So, you know, that's not full season, but that's 124 games. Uh, Jason Hayward. Should have wow. kept him. Should have kept him to not play. Should Well, apparently, uh, I don't know how Bellinger fell apart in L.A. and Hayward fell apart in Chicago and they flipped spots and it went the other way. Baseball's weird. I'm going to pick it. I'm picking a chance winner because we're doing four tonight. So this is the first of the four. If you win now, you can still continue to win. So the first chance winner before we go to commercial is Anthony Hutless. Congratulations. A chance postcard will be sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. Um, So, oh, oh, I pushed draw again. Oh, we're giving away two, I guess. (laughs) I did not mean to do that. If it's but, Anthony Hutfels again, yeah, it's going to well, be insane. getting two cards. And, Mr. Fourth Row, we're giving away two chances right now. Congratulations to Artie. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. Um, this is a commercial for In the Clutch, a T-shirt which I'm wearing right now. <laughs> All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer and in turn line the pockets of the baseball oligarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard. Five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. <laughs> 